Welcome to In Our Words, Black Entrepreneurs Speak Wisconsin. The mission of this podcast is to provide a more holistic understanding of the African-American entrepreneur in the state of Wisconsin. Specifically, we seek to gain in-depth understanding regarding challenges faced and overcome by black business owners, while also providing success stories and strategies implemented along the way that has helped grow their business startup and growth resources. All right, all right. We back with another one, episode six, man. This is is great to see the man, the growth of this podcast. You know, we are back with this is real, this is authentic, this is in our words podcast, where we talk about black entrepreneurship, we talk about being intentional, we talk about setting boundaries, networking strategies, personal identity, celebration of life. And uh, you know, it's 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 Black History Month, and I talk about it a lot throughout my my last couple of uh, podcast, but it's it's a blessing to be able to launch a podcast on such a a prominent month for black for black people, right? And it feels good to yeah, it feels good, man. And uh, before we begin, it's important to give space for the trailblazers who've paved the way for us to be here today as tra- as entrepreneurs and business owners. Man, it's just a blessing. So shout out to them. Right. We hear episode six with some with some with some goats. And I know I say that a lot, but man, it's a it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to have people like y'all on the podcast, man. And I just can't wait to um, share the stories that y'all have had and the experiences that y'all have had with our audience and our viewers. And, you know, I, I like to give y'all the floor, but we have we have Mr. Albert Walker here today with us. You know, yeah, one of the goats and a big mentor of mine. Huge mentor of mine. <laughs> he said it's outside. <laughs> that's that's cool. We got Mr. Bobby Drake with us today too. Another goat. That's a hard title. Man, that's a hard title, but I gotta give it to y'all, man. It's again, it's uh, thank y'all for being here today, for sure. You know. Yeah, for sure. Let's just let's just jump right in. You know, I'm gonna start with you, Albert. Who is Albert Walker? Mm. Man, I am the great nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm the great nobody, man. I'm just, I'm just an individual that's saved by grace, man. And, um, just very thankful to and blessed to be alive and be a producer in the community. Um, for a long time, I was kind of just dead and, uh, a consumer. A lot of people ask, why do I do certain things or who I am? And it's, it's for the glory of God, man. It's the one who, I realized did a great work in my life and, and did a, a great thing. And so it's just put me in a place where, man, I, I love what I do. And, um, to me, that's just serve. So, man, if you want to know who I am, I'm a servant of God. And as my man seven from Hogmog would say, if somehow in serving God, I can be a servant unto man, then glory to God. That's kind of really who I am and, and what I do. It's, it's, it's the core of who I am and what I do. It's the essence of what I do. It's it's the grounds of why I have morals. It's the reason why I have ethics. It's the reason why I won't do certain things. And it's the reason why when I fail, I admit it. And um, I admit the where I'm wrong and I do my best to make it right. And where I can't make it right, I leave that to God to, to handle. But, but what I do is I try to do that and I try to uh, be that way with everybody. So, I mean, there it is. Yeah, let's dive deeper kind of into that conversation because I feel like that's very intriguing. Tell me, where where does it all begin for you, though? Like, you know, who was Albert Walker before he was 
Albert Walker. Where did it all begin for you? Tell me about that. Uh, all right, so just a brief background on who I am and where I'm from. Obviously, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. It's been a huge part of my life there, in and out of the correctional facilities. Uh, got involved with gangs real early. I mean, you can you can uh, hear a little bit. They got I got a little video on YouTube. You can look up uh, Albert Walker at Badger Institute. They did a, a video on it. Tells a little bit about my story. But uh, running those streets, uh, rose in the gang life real quick, became a, a high-ranking gang member in Chicago, running them streets. I should be dead or in prison for the rest of my life, but God had a different plan. And um, you could have never told me back then that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. So uh, really, again, like who I was wasn't a waste. Like God, God, God used all that from, from being in the streets, being a gang member, being in, in, being locked up with some of the most notorious criminals on face of this planet, being known as one of those types of criminals. Uh, just be, man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I should, you know, I should, when I say I should be in prison for the rest of my life, y'all just don't know, but you know, um, I really should. I was facing uh, 30 to 60 years, my last, my last prison uh, bit. So with that, the grace of God has driven me. I've, I've changed. I'm a producer. We in and out of these prisons here in Wisconsin, man. Shouts out to Captain Project. I'm a minister with them. They right here in Milwaukee. My man, Frank Woods, with the Genesis Lighthouse here in Milwaukee, man. We grinding. I got a thing back at, uh, back home here in, um, Green Bay where I live now. With the, with the barbershop, what I started was my homie's closet. So we mentor young men in the prisons we go into. Oh, uh, we, man, we all through the prison systems, but me personally, I'm, I'm more invested in, uh, Kettle Moraine Correctional Facility there. I, we go in there every third Sunday and, um, just reach out to the men and love on them, man. And it's, it's crazy because when you get behind the walls and you stripped of all of these things that keep our attention that are worthless, once you're in them situations, you got a chance to be still and then, you get, man, you get brothers this, the same thing. Cats in there just thirsty for life. We thirsty for life out here. We just seeking life in the wrong way. We just, we using the wrong things to try to feel that. So anyway, me being in the prisons, man, it, it's a blessing. And then be able to, 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 to touch bases with them out here. But what we do is we collect the clothes, gently light used clothes. I clean out my closet all the time. And, um, Jordans, I'm trying to get guys to find us to the gear. So, that when they come home, you know how it is. You got a homie that might just got out, ain't got nothing. You might, damn, I, oh, y'all, you want to go out? You want to, you got a job interview here? I'll give you some, I'll hook you up with something for your job interview, right? So that's what we doing. We just, we, we collecting all of these clothes and then, um, a blessing because of my relationship with the Packers and um, the guys that I cut. I got a lot of the guys that, uh, are the football players that donate their gear too. So it's a great thing. But again, that's that's what drives me, man. Being in them situations and understanding and knowing the value of, man, really is love what we need. We need to learn how to love one another genuinely and not not for clout, not to say I did something, not to say, oh, look at me or we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a blessing. And I'm looking at this like we used to sit in the studio in my basement together. You know what I mean? And look at this. this to me, this is fruit. This brings tears to me because this is all worth it. Seeing you where you are for me is all worth it. I never could imagine that when I was sitting in my basement, when you were a young man, 
just trying to encourage you to make the right decisions. You're trying to figure life out and playing football, but still trying to be cool. And like, man, that struggle, man. And I just, I thank God because that's purpose. You know, to me, I can't, it ain't, it ain't about money. It ain't about that. I'm blessed. I thank God for whatever he gives me. But the, the fruit is in the pudding for those who take what they have and what they get and how they use it. Right. I don't need, I don't need to stun. I can do all of those things and I'm, I'm blessed for what God has given me. But the real stunning is what, is what you're doing when nobody's looking. What are you, who are you thinking about? Who are you concerned with? You know, are all your moves really about you? Are your moves for yourself or is it really for others? You know, sacrificial giving, sacrificial servanthood. It ain't, you know what? If my servanthood to you was just me coming down here, to me, that just kind of sucks. But my servanthood just goes so much further than that because to me, I get to enjoy the fruit of your labor yeah. and your, and, and your commitment listening. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing a lot is, is growth and we gonna, we gonna tap back into that conversation because I feel like, again, that's, that's a very important conversation to have. So we're gonna tap back into growth, but I, I'm gonna transition over here to my brother, Bobby Drake. Bobby, who is Bobby Drake? Tell me about him. Oh, man. First off, thank you for all the work that you do, especially with the men. Like, I don't even feel right. Well, I should have went first. <laughs> I should have went first. It's mad superficial over here. Uh, but I would say I'm a father. I'm a husband. I am a mentor to some other creatives. I am a pioneer. And it's a hard, it's a hard word to use, but I mean it because... I'm the kind of guy that doesn't mind falling on his face in public, right? I don't get embarrassed too easily. So I've spent the majority of my, my life, my career in and out of sales and in and out of uh, poetry and television production and, and music production. And growing up, it was more about, you know, I started as a rapper and then moved into poetry as a spoken word artist, because back then it wasn't cool to be emotional on the, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be emotional on the record. And I just, I felt limited. I couldn't express myself the way that I wanted to. And I knew, you know, I'm a solid dude. I'm 6'3", 250. I'm not, you know, I'm up here. It, this is way before Drake, right? So, <laughs> so it was like, it just wasn't cool to talk about like, yo, I'm broke. This is way before J. Cole, right? <laughs> I think it just, I'm in the same age range, but we're thinking along the same line. So it's like, Poetry was that gateway for me to, to get into community activism, to get into political activism, to get into and, and using those gifts and touring and, and building and learning how, how the systems work, right? Like how the reds and the blues fight against each other just the same way they do on the street, right? And how they play each other and play us, the people against it. But, you know, it's all on the same team. So it's like a lot of what I've learned has led me down one single path, and that is to create kingmakers. And that is my, my ultimate purpose is to just drive creatives to the point where the, the average income for, for an artist, for a poet, for a DJ, for an architect, for a rapper, for a singer, for a producer is 400K. That is life's mission at this point. And I'm a big believer in you have to do in order to show. 
And so, again, I don't mind falling flat on my face. I just had a thing when we were talking the first time, I was working on a business um, that I had spent a good 18 months learning, right? Learning e-commerce, learning digital distribution, learning digital marketing, learning all of these different things, just diving in, doing due diligence, the research, the books that like, it was, it was a ton of work. And then I launched and was like, this is trash, right? Cause I was trying to teach artists how to be successful without the need of a label. Like how do you use other business models to be a successful artist, to make the money that you need to take care of your family, right? How do you make the money to take care of the car note? What does that look like? Instead of, you know, cause especially in rap, it's all, it's all big chains, right? So it's like, oh, I'm flexing. I got this. I got that. It's like, yeah. But how does that song take care of your kid? Right. How does that song take care of daycare bill this month? Cause, cause daycare is 1200, right? Can that song you just released take, can you draw $1,200 from that song? Like if you can't, I'm gonna show you how, but the problem was I hadn't done it. And so I knew what to do and I know how to do it, but I haven't done it. And so I was like, yeah, no, the business is done. And people were like, yo, that seems like a dope thing, man. The course looks solid. And I was like, yeah, it's over. I got to go back to the drawing board as a producer and just build my clientele to the point where I can show you, oh, no, it really does work this way. No, it really does feel like this. You really do got to maneuver like this. You really do have to use these kind of phrases. You really do have to present yourself like this in order to get that check, in order to get this advancement, in order to get that thing. So for me, if anything, I would think that the idea of being a pioneer is more about being willing to take the arrows in the back and the front that publicly than anything. And that's that's been most of what I've done. Yeah. And I, I know you two brothers really well, you know, and uh, the one thing that I always whenever I'm around you to hear from you two is how important family is, you know, and how important um, that is to your individual growth within your business. And um I guess the biggest thing that I want to hit on here is that there's obviously within business, it's not just one thing you have to focus on. It's multiple things and family adds on to that. So, you know, like since you started, what's changed for you mentally, physically and spiritually? And how do you balance every dynamic of business and life together to continue moving forward? How do you, how do you do that? Uh well, man, I'm over here thinking you don't really. Uh, <laughs> like, like her, you know, you don't. You don't, you don't balance none of that well, right? Yeah, the first um, thing I was going to so, say was, man, you need to. Uh, but by God's <laughs> grace, right? Uh, let me say this. So, so people always look up and they see these. They see, you know, guys who people the community looks up to, and everybody's like, yeah, you know, there's a. And I'm, I'm bragging, but I ain't bragging because I'm really bragging on God. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's, there's a quite a few young men that I'm looking at that I poured into years of sacrifice, man, like pouring into you guys while raising my daughters at the same time. You know, I have seven children. So, and then, um, look, man, I I just gotta, I gotta say this. Like people look on the outside. People see a lot on the outside, but what the, the big thing that I, I want to say, man, on the inside is, um, man, you talk about my wife is so amazing. Like, like, man, outside of God, man, I, I, I hold my wife, um, so high up in the air because, you know, people see the outside and the, the inside is like, that's where the madness happens, right? That's where you're raising kids. That's where you're trying to impart truth that's where you're trying to make home your sanctuary 
you know, man, I'm busy, I'm ripping and running, I'm pouring and giving in to everybody. And then sometimes they end up having to get the last of me, you know, and that's, that's the struggle. It's like, okay. And then when you with your family, when you wake up and go to sleep with them, it's like, okay, they, they're there. And, and so you just assume like, okay, we, we're, we're here. So we're good. And so my wife is very good and intentional about creating space and time for our family to do things together for us to just be together. And so she holds our family together. She's like a huge glue to everything. Even me being an entrepreneur, my wife, she's a registered nurse, um, loves what she does and is good at what she does. Shouts out to her. She just won an award over all of the hospitals. Like there's a, a system of hospitals. And she won uh, what they call a Daisy Award, like the top nurse of all. I'm like, dang, I know my, 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 I know my girl did that, but I didn't know she did that like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So she do that, man. My, um, my wife is amazing. Awesome mother, awesome wife, awesome woman in her workplace. And so, I mean, she really is, and she's a soldier, man. We've, we've weathered a lot of storms together. We've shared our glory together and our shame together. And she's, never wavered uh, or turned her back. So I was told a long time ago by an old, uh, old man, he was like, son, you know, you, it's easy to find a, a woman that'll take your pants off, but you got to find one that can pull your pants up. I said, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pull them up when you can't pull them up. And I, that was heavy. That was huge. And that just, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thankful. My wife, man, she's been huge to that, to that process of making sure and struggling, fighting in with me and not giving up. You know, she has to wrestle and fight for that time. Sometimes it's not always like I got it together and I figure it out. So, but trying to do that and make a balance. You know, to, to piggyback off of that, like, I mean, just being fully transparent, the maturity that happens when you get married as a man, it's humbling, especially when you know, as an artist, you're going around, you're, you're trying, you're going, I'm going, Hey, I can make it as an artist. I'll just stay with friends. I'll just stay with family. I'm gonna just keep pushing. I'm gonna keep doing shows. I'm gonna keep trying to get these tracks out. And then you find a girl, right? And then you narrow down all of the different choices that you had. And it's like, ah, I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm out here. And then it's like, nah, I'm I'm done with all of that. And then you find the one and it's like, oh, I got to take care of you. And not you as in she's not working or she can't take care of herself, but the, the pride that comes with the idea that this is my wife and she's in, we've entrusted each other to, to be there for each other. And there are certain needs that she has and needs that I have. And it's my responsibility now, right? Like there's a different level and then you have kids and there's another level and then you have another kid and there's another level. And so I shouts out to my wife whose birthday was this week last week last week um mine too oh word february 3rd are yeah, you serious? that's why that's why i couldn't get y'all are in here earlier it was february 3rd too yeah. my wife's birthday is february 3rd oh wow see I, i'm really good at what i do <laughs> let me get Shout a couple class for myself man women, i'm really bro. hey for some reason just yeah. man really good at what i do it's not really that's yeah. very, very that's crazy specific. sometimes you don't even be looking for that but it's just how it goes got his but app on my phone let's, uh, just listening let's transition <laughs> let's transition you know i guess my, my my biggest question as family men you know because i'm hearing that a lot you know talk about family and um you know with history shows the the, the black family is 
you know, needs to be increased in my opinion. You know, we need to increase that. And as, as Af- so I guess my question is as African American men, as black men, what is it like to, um, own and operate a business in your respected communities? What, what does that feel like to be business owners and entrepreneurs? How, what type of feeling do you get when you, you, you look at yourself that way? Yo, I'm going to be one hundred hundred for you. Like it's trash. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is because there's a wave in culture that's like, that says being an entrepreneur, being a boss, being a da 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 you know, the lion memes, like you got to go it alone sometimes. Like, bro, get the f- out of here. Look, the reality is, man, is that I fall on my face every single day. The reality is, is that I question my decisions consistently. And that the only way to get confident in the decision is to do the work and execute and hope that the strategy was the right one because you still got to wait for it to play out. The reality is, is that most people would be better B players than they would be A players, right? The reality is, is that you got to want it. You got to want whatever this thing is that you're, that you're after. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you got to, most businesses aren't doing 300,000. This is reality, like not even 300, right? And everybody's talking about, oh, I'm going to get a, I'm, I'm going to get a million. We're going to, we'd seven figure business, eight figure business. We on. And it's like, bro, the reality is, is that if you want that life, if you want that, there's a way to get it. And if you look at your actions, they just don't line up the same, right? They just don't line up. Your actions have to line up with what it takes to do a seven-figure business. Your sacrifice has to line up with what it takes to do a seven-figure business. Your family, your wife or your husband, their sacrifice has to line up with what it takes to do a seven-figure business. Like you said, like I totally agree with Albert, man. Like I be on fire sometimes. And what we what we miss when you're on fire is that the people closest to you are getting burned. So you really, really have to take a back seat to the balance of it. Just the, the idea of, do I want a million dollars? Do I want a million dollar business? Do I want to, do I want to be an entrepreneur because it's a status symbol? Because I can say I, I build my own schedule. Like I laugh hard when I hear people say, oh, I want to build my own schedule. So I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, that's not what you want. You want to build your own schedule. What you need is a job. <laughs> <laughs> what you need is a job with hours that you like. That's what you need. Cause being an entrepreneur means that you work all the time. You work all the time. You don't stop working. You work, you try to be present for your kids so that they don't grow up thinking that daddy thinks that this is more important than me. You try to be present for your wife so that your wife doesn't go. So I'm just your, your glorified babysitter. Like what are, are we a thing? Like what's happening? So there's a lot that goes into the idea of the status of entrepreneurship that I just want to dispel, right? Like do this because like every job that I've ever had, I quit because I would go in and they would be like, Oh, Bobby's, Oh, he's got this. He's got that. He does this. He's a performer. He's a speaker. He knows how to do this. He could sell, he could blah, blah, blah. blah. And about six months in I'd plateau and about eight months in it'd be like, yo, we got to put you on like a 30 day. Like we got to figure out how to get you to really, really back up to speed. And what would happen is something would click and I would go, if I'm working this hard for them, if I'm working this hard doing his thing, why can't I do that with this? Why can't I do that with my music? Why? 
Why? Why? And that question never goes away. And it never went away. And that's how I knew that this was the thing, right? Because I was doing it for free. I always do it. And it would always affect how I was making my money, my day in and day out at the job. It would always affect performance. It would always, I would always start spending more time unfocused at work. And that performance would suffer as a result, which means that the job was at risk. And it's like, yo, the thing I need to do is take all of these skills that I've learned and apply them as a business owner to the thing I do. When it's like that for you, when you're on fire like that, that's when you should be an entrepreneur. You should not be an entrepreneur because you want to make a million dollars, right? That's a whole different thing, right? Most people would be fine with $200,000 a year. That's all the vacations you want. That's the bends for you and the misses. That's the, um, that's the kids in the special classes. That's the nice house, right? That's the 200,000, 200,000 taxes already taken out. So you ain't even got to hire an extra accountant to figure that out, right? That's what most people are missing. And there's this idea that you need a million or this idea that you got to be a boss in order to go get it. And I just want people to get out of the water. I like to say, I like kind of piggyback off that is that a lot of times, um, and this, we are in that, we are in that, we are in that day where everybody wants to kind of run their own business, take control and all of those things. Right. And I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we go in ignorance. Right. So it doesn't really, it's not really profitable. Uh, I even kind of went in ignorance, to be honest, I was, finding my way because I just could never adhere to any kind of structure that was around me, right? A lot of my lifestyle was I made the decisions or I was totally in an environment where someone else had to make every decision for me. So for a long period of time, I was told when to get up, when to eat, when to go to sleep, when to wash myself, I mean, routinely, right? So now, doing what I do, I just found that that was a good place for me because I found a gift and a talent. And then I found that I couldn't even exercise this gift and my talent within the means and confines and constructs of my own environment. You get what I'm saying? And now, yeah, it's going to go away over a lot of people's head. But if you, if you take, if you, if you, if you go back historically, right? I will just for the sake of this being a historical black history moment, I, I want to point back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, black wall street, black wall street and, and what happened there. Right. When you put people in and it's just something about it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about any other culture. I'm just speaking about mine. We, when, when we're in situations like that, we find ourselves to become creative because even when I was in the correctional facility, I adapted to that environment and became creative to do whatever I needed to do to maintain. Right. Um, so in doing that here, I just found my sister cut my hair, messed it up. She was going to a pivot point school. Her second day, they gave her a kit. She came home with it. I was young. I didn't know nothing. I was real little. I thought because they gave it to her, she knew what she was doing. She messed me up very bad. I started cutting my own hair. That's how I got into cutting hair, right? Then people around me started asking me who cut my hair, and I say, me, and nobody ever believed me. And I'm like, yeah, I cut my own hair. So 
I started doing it in front of people. And then I started cutting their hair and everybody hair. And then 10 years later, in and out of the streets, I decided I'm going to go to barber college. I got out of prison. I've been cutting hair all through the prison systems, through the county jails. That's why I ain't scared. I mean, like, that's all that stuff. I I can cut anything, man. You know what I mean? I can cut anything. I ain't scared to pick up nothing. Yeah, yeah. So let me, let's talk about, let's talk about strategies, you know? And I guess my question is, what skills and strengths do y'all feel like you exhibit that is important for people to have as entrepreneurs and business owners? I hear you talking about, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. But what skills and strengths are important for for growth within, you know, your respective fields? What do you have within yourself that is important for you? I would say um, you need a growth mindset. You need to to 100% believe that I'm going to figure it out. Every other thing that I have came from that, right? Like I've been producing music. I'm, I turned 40 in September. I've been producing music since I was 18. My mother, my father, my stepfather, all bassists, singers, my cousins, aunts, uncles, DJs, drummers, musicians, like everybody's in music, right? I grow up this way. So like, of course I'm thinking this is, this is the wave. But at the end of the day, the only thing that ever kept me getting better as a producer was the idea that I heard something and I heard somebody do something and I can't do it. Like I'm hitting the pads, I'm doing it, I'm cutting, I'm slamping, I'm, I'm figuring, and, I, and it doesn't sound like that. Why doesn't my stuff sound like that? I need to figure that out. So I go and I figure that out. And then it's like, once you do that and you stack those wins and you stack your ability to look at something from the outside and go, nope, I want that. I need that. I want one of those. Once you, once you learn to turn what's not there into reality, that's the only skill that you build on. Everything else to me is really, really just technical. It's very, it's very tactical, right? Like the strategy is the the one skill set you need the strategy is i can do that i can figure that out and once you understand i can figure that out then it's just a matter of what are you figuring out and why are you figuring it out right because that'll keep you on task if you don't know why then you'll be off and if you don't know what then you'll be down the wrong road a lot now, everybody goes down the wrong road but you don't have to stay there right and you hear that word a lot within business ownership is what is your why you know, if you don't have your, why are you doing this? Then why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, like real. And it's so simple sometimes, but. I'd like to add to that is, um, uh, just off the top, determination with a mix with a little bit of insanity, right? You got to be determined and you got to have a little bit of insanity because, because they say insanity. What's the, what's the, what's the it's, definition uh, of insanity? Doing the same, doing the thing, same over. thing over and over again, expecting <laughs> different results, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what we be doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, so I just want to, I, I just want to add that. And, and then, and then, but, but, but also with that is, is this, is that when you're pursuing something, as I pursue something, you, you said the why, right? Like sometimes the why don't even add up, mm-hmm. but, a key ingredient to me is one being determined and not giving up, but also being flexible and ready to adapt because you, you're going to get hit with all kind of things, man. When I first started, 
a true story. The 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 barbershop, I think I I think I can say this confidently. I believe I had the largest barbershop in Green Bay right now. But this space that I got, I was offered a similar space to it years before this in the same building. It had a built out state of the art recording studio in it already. It was handed to me in my hands, the owner of the building, and he was ready to pay for everything my business needed to get running. And then as the business ran, I just cut a percentage of the percentage of the income of, of the, uh, profits with him over and it had the lease stacked up. He gave me the lease and everything. I had it. All I had to do was sign the, sign the lease and we we're in. Like I just do is just agree to the contract and I was going to get, I don't know, it's like $70,000 checks, get started. It was, it was ridiculous. And I turned away. The reason why I turned it away was because I wasn't ready. See the why? If my why had been just to so all oh, look at what I could do, I would have failed. You know what I mean? I would have took it and had it. I, it. Who knows where that would have went. But because I didn't, that was one of the wisest decisions I made because the why it really wasn't. It was really because I, my heart's desire was to grow something that would be fruit for others. It was going to, one, it gives me purpose because I know this is what I should be doing, right? So for me, it fulfills purpose, but it also becomes blessings to others, right? And so with that being said, it's like, okay, these are the motives that carried me. When I turned that down, they came back, said, okay, well, you know, I walked away from it, kind of hurt, but my sister told me, you know, you know, just use wisdom. Years later, I don't know, maybe three, four years later, five years later, same place, other side of the building, pops open. I mean, hand it right to me, hand it right in my lap. And because I was wise enough to turn that down, and then I explained to them why I turned it down, I said, look, I just don't think that I'm ready because I have too much to, to keep and get in order to make this business stay, stay sustained. And I don't want to ruin it because it was a licensing issue because they wanted the barbershop in there and everything. But my licensing, I couldn't. I went to Barber College in Illinois, did all that stuff. And then I, I had that led to me getting involved with the, the licensing and fighting for licensing reform here in Wisconsin. But none of that stuff transferred over. So I was like at ground zero. You know, if I'd have been a licensed barber, I would have went. You know what I mean? But I wasn't going to do that. I got resources like that to get out there and then not be licensed and destroy the whole business or create all of that with great people. So I kept that relationship intact and I always treat people good. I don't poo-poo on people. I'm not going to cross nobody for the sake of nothing. I'm, that's just not in my blood for nothing. I'm going to take the hit first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that kind of leads into what I want to really talk to y'all about next is um, you had mentioned your sister said lead with faith. You know, and um, who has mentored you, you know, who has mentored y'all within this time period? I understand y'all are very much established, but who has been mentors for you to to keep going and to teach you things and, you know, learn from who who's been that person for y'all or how many people do you have? Yeah, I'm. Um... You know, you know that moment where like you're supposed to say everybody's name, and if you miss somebody's name, then you got you got beef later. <laughs> so that's that's what it felt like. I was like, I, I, mm. <laughs> many men, many 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 men. 
It's a lot, man. I would say a lot of the people who mentor me or who have mentored me planted the seeds of growth and the idea of freedom, right? So there's people like Muhib Dyer, there's people like Kwabana Anton Nixon, there's people like Dasha Kelly, there's people like Black Art, there's people like, or Dasha Kelly Hamilton, excuse me. There's people like, you know, Miss Jazzy, they're, the poetry community mentored me, right? Like all of the heads and all of my peers in the poetry community um, informed a lot of where I thought it could go and what I thought I could do. And we're talking about how I was shaped and what led to eventually the, this idea of growth mindset. My dad, my stepdad, and my day one's dad, who, you know, those are like my brothers. And he passed uh, a little while, you know, quite a while ago, but um, he gave us a quote when we were younger and like 10, 11, no, it was like 12, 13. That was, uh, you know, simply said, if there's anything that you ever wanted to do, somebody wanted to do it before you and that somebody put it in a book. So what you need to do is read that book and then go do what the book says over and over and over again until you get what the book says you get. That was it. Like, that's the greatest mentor ever. That's the greatest advice I've ever gotten. I read so much and so often that I went, I moved from actual books, physical books to audio. Cause I was just, I'm just, I can't carry that many books around. <laughs> it's just, like, I can't. I, so I just, I read constantly and I listen to people's podcasts and I listen to people's. And when people are talking, I'm a sponge because I'm a creative. Right. So I'm always, always listening. And when somebody says, yeah, man, I read this thing and said that I'm like, yeah, where'd you read that? <laughs> oh, it was on this podcast. Cool. And then I go check it out. It was on this blog. And then I go check out the blog and that blog suggests like three books. And then I go and I buy those three books and then I'm listening to those three books. Right. And then I'm finishing those three books and then I'm going, now, how can I apply that to the thing that I'm doing? Right. And so that mentorship for me takes that route where it's about absorbing everything and then filtering for what makes sense for me. So what you're saying is, you know, that what's been important for you is what honestly has been important in my life too, which resonates a little bit is knowledge is power, right? You're like, you, ex, yes, execution, knowledge is power, putting it into action. Um, and, uh, you know, being not just talking, but, you know, actually putting and doing it. Yeah, yeah. I only got, I only got one. I have one main strategy. Like, strategies are informed by all of the different things that you do, right? So you're like, oh, this worked, this didn't work, we'll move that, da, 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 da. But there's only one main plan, and this happens anytime I get down, anytime I get depressed, anytime I start, you know, thinking, is this working? What am I doing? Like, I need to move faster. I need to da, 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 da. And I, like, calm down and do two things and just take a breath, right? Take a beat. And then it's like, plan, execute, repeat. That's it. That's the only strategy. Right. Plan, execute, repeat. Do I have a plan? Why am I, why am I in my head right now? It's because I don't have a plan. So I don't know. I don't remember what the plan I wrote was because these things happened and I had to make adjustments and now I'm lost. Right. So it's plan, execute, repeat. And that is the main, main thing. So, um, uh, a, a great many men as, 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 as well, I would say. So you grow up through your whole life. This is huge, especially if I know for the black community, true. To be, um, you know, when I came up, I always watched the men around me. And due to the lack of certain men around me, 
we search, right? So the dude on the block getting that paper, hustling. The dude who was calling the shots, everybody listening to, you wanted to be one of them, the shot caller or the baller you wanted to be. You started developing your identity from the men around you, right? And so uh, with that being said, I became a monster. But specifically, I uh, came a point in my life where I ran into a man called Gordon McLean while I was in correctional facility. He's dead now. But he was the first dude who really just clinged on to me and tried to tried to grow me. And I mean, he wrote about me, wrote a book about several uh, gang members of Chicago. He's, he's huge. He was um, juvenile justice. Uh, Youth for Christ Ministry out of Chicago. Shouts out to him. Shouts out to my man P Noble in uh, Chicago shooting videos right now. But um, these men shaped me. And then as as when I came to to uh, Wisconsin, specifically a man by the name of Pastor Manuelis Rico, he has what they call the Transformation House there now. And um, I'm kind of like I am the first fruit of that ministry. He's, I'm the first dude. He said, "All right, come on." And what was so special about him, I mean, we all have our imperfections and and none of us are perfect. But what was really so special and what is unique about Pastor Rico is he's the type of dude that's willing to take your hand and walk with you. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And he going to be that dude steady pushing you. He going to be the dude you don't like because he going to tell you all the stuff you don't want to hear. You know, you should be hearing and you know he right. But you're struggling and fighting with it. Right. But he stays the course with you. And then he teaches you how to be consistent. He teaches you how to get down on your knees and go before your creator with your issues. He he taught me how to get down on my knees before my creator with my wife with our issues. All of those things just kind of taught me. Because coming up where I came up, it was like you you learn how your conflict resolution was like, we're going to argue about it, get an understanding, or we going to fight about it. It's going to be my way or we going to. We're going to come to some understanding that we're going to come to knuckles or we can take it to the next level, too. It's whatever. Right. And so. Having that mentality, I had to learn how to get past that with my wife, like because you get in a relationship, I'm still like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm ready to tear the deck up over, you know. Chicken over pork chops, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like I want the chicken, you know, what I'm saying? like so. No, but but those are the things that. That were huge for me. So uh, Manuelis Rico, and then there's a host of many men. Uh, Dr. Dave Stanford poured into me a great deal. Dr. Steve Gernt, um, and a host of, uh, of men, faithful men of God. Richard Brown, the Captive Project here in Milwaukee. A lot of faithful men, man, that, that, that's, that's, that's poured into my life, man. And, I mean, that list is huge, but again... It takes a person, you you have to choose because that, that happens organically, irregardless, right? So if you went on the block, then those men, whoever they are and whatever they're doing, that's what they, you're going to, they're going to produce that, right? And so I was blessed enough to find myself in places and situations around men that I saw loving God. And I'm glad that a lot of them were kind of, some of them were white and old and I had nothing in common with them, but God. And, and, and I seen how they were loving God and struggling with learning how to love their family. I'm like, man, that's the stuff I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like it's so immediately something, a bond there grew. And, 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 um, these men who, who love God and, and imperfectly, uh, 
walk with him. I was able to see men make mistakes and, and see what it looks like to, to make it right and, 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 and to own responsibility and to be a provider, to be a protector of not only your home, but also your community. And then you just try to create an environment that that's conducive to that. That's why I love the barbershop because that's a place where I can help men have identity. You know what I'm saying? If, if nothing else, we all should know that we were created for the glory of God. We all got purpose. We all created for something. Grab that purpose. If that purpose is entrepreneurship and barbering or making cookies, making t-shirts, um, whatever it is, just, just make sure that, that your motive is pure and that you're very honest with, 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 with where you are and what you're doing. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm my weakness and because of, I've always had people tell me when to go, when to do that. Give me this and give me that. I don't cook a lot. I'm <laughs> <Right>? just <laughs> used to my food handed to me and I don't. And also I, I, I'm horrible with organization because somebody always said, go, 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 go. I didn't have to figure it all out for myself. So, yeah. So I heard you say something a little bit earlier that I feel is just massively important. And you mentioned the lack thereof growing up of positive mentors and that you had to, you know, transition to what was available. And at that time, it was the people, you know, kind of on the block, you know, just, you know, out there hustling or whatnot. So I guess. My question is for you two brothers is, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a young black brother right now, you know, young youth right now that is going to be able to listen to this, you know, and um, take words of advice from you from you guys and your experiences and stuff. So what what advice do you have for that young brother who was in that same position, you know, who was in that same position right now that you were, you know, at that time? What advice do you have for him growing up right now? My advice would be. uh Understand that patience, determination is going to be huge. You're going to face a lot of obstacles. It's going to be a lot of times where you're going to feel alone and on the island by yourself. Like nobody's going to see your vision. Nobody's going to understand if, and believe in it like you. It's going to be some times where everything in the world is telling you to stop. And you're going to have to be determined to continue. Now, there is a difference. There are some people who need to stop and go get a job. There are some people who need to stop and rethink what they're doing. There are some people who need to stop and find wisdom and listen to wisdom. And to me, wisdom, that power thing, that's the wisdom. Wisdom is the right application of the knowledge. Knowing how to apply the knowledge is wisdom, right? And, and until purpose is known, abuse is inevitable. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to really know what your purpose is and what you're doing. Right. And and sometimes we have to find that out. And purpose is not always found by deciding something. Sometimes your purpose is found in just serving, serving others and then allowing others to serve you in, in the right time. You know, so um, but determination and and and, and for me. Anybody I have, I'm, I'm going to always point you to the creator. You know what I mean? Yo, if you, you, you go buy a brand new Benz, that boy get to acting funny. You are not finna pull up in the back alley on 79th Street and holler at your man's over there like, hey, could you look at this? You're going to take it back to the maker, right? I'm taking it back to the maker, right? And so for me, that's my encouragement. 
understand who created you, what you were created for. And as you understand those purposes and then you get into serving, cause see, you like, really it's the hardship and it's all those struggles that drove you into what you do, right? It's the same thing for me. That's kind of what drove me into what I do. Do those hardships and those struggles kind of navigated your way into, to what you do now, right? And so all of those things are, are a part of that kind of finding your way, right? I mean, you've done multiple different things and yet, all of those things in some way, in some form, kind of help make up who you are today, what you're doing, and even a part of shaping your trajectory to the future of what you're doing. So that's it. I would say that's hard for me because, you know, I didn't grow up in the life. So I was never, I was an inside kid. You know, I was never out here. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I didn't get out here until I was an adult. And even then, it was never, you know, it was adjacent. So I was never in the game. I was never, you know what I'm saying? But we were knuckleheads. We fought a lot. And we we fight and we tear down some stuff. But but I would say the the advice I would give would be the same as I would give to my son, who's two. And that is that you own your actions. You do not determine what other people do. And you can't. You can always, and I mean always, decide what you do, no matter how unfair or how unjust the situation is, you have a choice and you are responsible for that choice. You do not get to put that choice on anybody else. You have to take that. That is being a man. You have to own that choice. As unfortunate as anything might be, you have to own the choice. And once you own the choice, then you can make moves. But you can't make a single move that's going to benefit your life or the life of your, or of your loved ones or the life of your sisters, your brothers, your uncles, your aunts, your family, your crew, your day ones, your wife, your husband. You can't make an effective decision to boss up until you own your choice. That would be the main advice that I would give. Like, it is your choice. That's real and that's authentic. And that's the, the whole point of this podcast is to get information like that out. And, um, you know, if I can reflect on some things that I heard from you that if I could pull out one thing from both of y'all saying is it's the word patience, you know, and I, I really, really enjoy that word, especially for, you know, the, the young youth that I work with and that I know that follow me and look up to me kind of with what I'm doing. And a lot of times I tell them that patience is virtue, man. And that I think a lot of times what we get stuck up in is, uh, is that I want it now. yeah exactly that, that, thank you yeah we want it now and that sometimes that leads us to things that we don't necessarily want to do you know and that we we think that we need to to um to look a certain way and to be presented a certain way to certain people and sometimes that outside noise can be you know can be bad yeah detrimental so um i love that word patience and i know you used that when i so i just wanted to do that plan Act, repeat, plan, execute, repeat, plan, execute, repeat. I like that. So T-shirt plan, execute, repeat is the other one. So reap, repeat, mm. sow a good seed, reap good fruit, repeat, sow a good seed, reap good fruit. Exactly. Let me let me ask you all a quick question. And uh, it could be either a yes or no or a small answer. Quick answer. Um, If you were able to go back to your old, your old self. <laughs> would you would you change anything? Would thought you, about it. Thought about it. 
Would you change Sorry. anything? You wouldn't change nothing? No. You want, you want to know why? This is why. When you're going through something, it sucks. When you get to the thing it is that you're able to do because of what you went through, you're a G. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I can do things that are that people think are incredible that I think are second nature. You know what I mean? Like I can call somebody that I don't know and put a deal together and put money in my food and put money in my bank. I can do that. I can do that in a day. I can do it in a week. I can do it in a month. I can do it in a year. I could change the amounts depending on what I'm thinking. I, depending on how fast I need it or when I need it. I can, I can, I can go get other people to get the work done that I just told this dude we would get done. I can run a team. Like everything I went through to be able to get to that, nah, I'm not giving none of it back. It happened. Trials and tribulations. It happened. It was a choice. Like I didn't recognize it consciously as a choice. I didn't own up to it always. But once you get to a point where you've owned up to it, for me, not for everybody, but for me, nah, there's no way. Like, do I regret some things? Of course, we all have regrets. Like, that's, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, like, do I want some things that didn't happen, that did happen to have not happened? Absolutely. But am I, am I in the idea that I would change it? I don't think so. Trials and tribulations, man. The road isn't easy, but it's pretty. Once you get there, it may all make sense. What about you, family? How are you? Yeah, so the only thing that I, I I think that that I would really change. So you would change something? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I would. Um, that one thing that I would change is the length of time it took me to not be so, to surrender and submit. If I could have submitted and surrendered earlier in my life, I wouldn't have as many scars. So, like, um, with your life decisions, and like you said, that ownership, you bear scars. It comes with scars. And that's another reason why you have to be wise in what you do and the choices that you make, especially while you're young. Because when you get to that decision-making age in your life as a, as a young adult, a young teen growing up, now those decisions really will affect the rest of your life ahead, right? The things you get to, if you, if you happen to get a glance and get your hand on some pornography when you're young, it takes you off into a whole nother uh, realm and uh, things, right? When you get into things earlier than you should, you're not mature enough and the things happen, right? So keeping all of those things in mind, life comes with scars. And, 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 and yes, we, we learn and we grow from them. But, and, and I am a firm believer that experience is the best teacher, but it does not always have to be our experience. I can learn from your experience. If you went and fell through the, look, if you fell uh, and there's a, a ditch down there, a hole, right? I don't have to walk over there no more. I, I know that it's there now. I don't got to do that. Thank you. Right? Let's, let's not waste the sacrifice of those who've gone before us, right? That's, that's, that's the foolish thing. To tag on that, that's why I love the books. That's why I love books. Love, love reading. Love going to like, who's the champion of this thing, right? Like, I want to do something. Who's the best that ever did that? And then who's the second? And then I'm going to read both of that, All right? So, yeah, I think it's, it's real important to, to, to understand that for, for all of the, the, the younger people 
uh, coming up, just knowing that, you know, be wise and don't create scars for yourself. You don't necessarily have to, to receive. I mean, even in your relationships and, you know, we all want to be out here and, and meet and enjoy people. But listen, if you get in a relationship and you move in without wisdom and you create a child, you don't care about this young lady. Now you got a, a broken home and a broken family situation. And now you got to live with them scars because now that child is is um deprived of the opportunity to have both of its parents in the home together right and so like we don't think about those effects and that's just a small example but that is the effect whether it's in your home your personal life or your business life right um those are two things that you we talked about that that balance right it was family that's our personal life and right and then and then and in the business life and trying to get those things in the right proper place to advance and we do it i mean i did it ignorantly i didn't know i didn't had a perfect business plan i didn't have all of the resources and we can stumble through all of those things those okay those are growing things but we want to make sure that the choices that we're making are foolish ones that are going to create scars that last a lifetime right and um though sometimes those are our greatest lessons right they don't have to be Right. It doesn't. That is not the way the scenario has to be written that you got to be drugged through the mud and go through every bad thing to say I made it. Right. You can you can be wise and just avoid some stuff and say, yeah, I still had a struggle and I still went through some things. So, I mean, whether you blessed and your family has a little money that can help you start a business or you got it out the mud from the ground up, it's still your business. It's still your effort. It's still your work. It, you know, you 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 had to have the personality to say hey i'm gonna give you this money right so all of those things no matter what your scenario is starting from the bottom up wherever your bottom is because everybody bottom is different um you know uh stay focused and keep those things in mind along the way don't ever stop and be a be a be a man of your word be stick to integrity don't don't sell out man don't don't one um, another one of my sayings so is is this too. There's a few sayings that I have, and I try to push on my team. The easy way is the hard way, right? Sure. So if, if 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 you're looking for the easy way, just take the hard way first. Because if you go the easy way or what looks to be the easy way, you're gonna figure out that's not it, and you're gonna start over, and then you'll find another easy way, and then you're gonna realize that's not it, and you'll start over, and you'll be stuck on the easy way. Just take the hard way from the beginning. You know, let me, if I can just piggyback on that, the, like, I'm about to hit 40 and I felt like, yo, I spent a lot of time not getting it, right? And had this popularity and I had this, this, this style, this swag, this move. And the problem was I never knew that what I was trying to do was get attention, right? And the thing I was getting attention for was being knowledgeable about business, quote, air quotes, right? But I'd never run a business. And that, the flip, the switch was, I was, I heard when I was younger, my uncle, uh, my uncle Audie owned the, um, the record shop and uh, my aunt made the wig shop on North Avenue. And I remember being young and hearing from him, like the only way to have your own and own your own is to build your business. And don't be, you know, one of these cats out here that don't know what they're doing with their business. So I'm growing up as an artist thinking 
I don't want to be the kind of artist that doesn't know their business. So I never became a top selling artist because I was always worried about the business. So I wasn't in the craft long enough. I didn't build fans big enough. I didn't do this big enough. I was just always making moves that look good. And the, the key and what you were saying was like, you don't, once you, once you really get like, there's only this way to that path, man. Like you can, like, I promise you could go around this mountain as long as God to take you around it, bro. <laughs> but until you get that lesson, you're not going on. You're just not going to see the light until you get that lesson. And I feel like it's right at a point where I got the lesson. Like I was good at working on a business, but not in a business. And once you get to understand that, once you get to understand that this is the business, it's calling, it's getting a client, it's making sure you take care of people, it's following up, it's being, it's having integrity, it's, it's being a man of your word, it's having those characters. Once you, once you really understand, the only thing I want whoever that young man or young woman listening to be is, is to get all of the things you think are cliche and weak are the strongest, most important things, like integrity, like Keeping like keeping your word, integrity, making sure that you show up on time, making sure that I mean, like, you know, within reason things happen, kinda, but like making sure that you do all of those little things that people point out. They're all the routines that build the consistency that give you the life you're looking for. And that's the hard way <laughs> because you got to do it every single day. Right. And it's easy to fall off. But yeah, I just I yeah, I just needed to say that it was. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot even where I was going, but like I needed to add that in there. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I appreciate that you did, and I think that that was very important. Let's 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 reflect on some things that we talked about today. Uh, we talked about integrity. You know, I had to use that word because it was just brought up, and I think that's huge, especially for some people that's going to be to listen. And uh, we talked about family and how important that is with growth, how important that is interpersonally for yourself to continue to go and stand grounded. Uh, we talked about faith. We talked about how important that is with um, just mentally, you know, having someone or something that you believe in and that believes in you, you know, and uh, I know how important that is for you, Albert. And uh, um, I, I really love that aspect of that to, the, to this podcast and that that uh, for sure. And uh, we talked about mentorship and, you know, the lack thereof specifically in our community and how. Um, you know, we need to challenge ourselves to continue to be mentors for some of these youth out here, you know, because if you remember back, you know, when we were younger or I'm still young, but <laughs> I'll I'm I'm, I'm put me with y'all and that. <laughs> I ain't know y'all love it yet, but <laughs> let me back up. But, you know, um, you know, that's important for me too, you know, and I understand my life and everything, but we talked about music production and how, you know, that's what kind of brought y'all both here today, you know, and that's what has grounded y'all within your work is you both are very, very involved in music, you know, and that, that maybe, you know, that, that maybe speaks to you spiritually, um, to, to, you know, it's a different entity for you within your business. And that's something that is your whole life. You spoke about your whole family is in, is in music. And I just thought that that was, that was important. We talked about networking strategies, setting boundaries. Uh, we talked about the social, the social circle and who you keep around you. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I think a lot of that again is very important to talk about, but as we go to come to the end here, you know, with, uh, within this podcast, again, it's, it's, it was a privilege to sit here and listen to you, um, you men talk and you black men, Kings talk, 
And, uh, you know, that's the whole point of this, uh, this podcast is to, um, to bridge that relationship, you know, and I think it's important for the viewers to understand that y'all just met each other today. Right. You know, and then within my research and what I do, you know, I think it's, um, it's important to, to bring people together, especially throughout this time that we live in, in the pandemic, you know, most people are building relationships over a camera screen and that's not authentic, you know, and it's, it's just, a, it's a different world we live in right now. So. I do want to give the viewers and the people that um that's going to listen to this space to um to know more about y'all. So where how can they find y'all? You know, how can they find y'all on what social media platforms? How can they get in, in touch with y'all? Uh so you can learn a little bit about me on YouTube. Uh you can search Google search Albert Walker Badger Institute Albert Walker USA Today Network. Also, you can find me on Instagram at AEW Barber. That's at AEW Barber and at Amago Day Barber Lounge. Twitter, um, at Green Bay Barber. Facebook, Albert Walker Green Bay. You can find me on Facebook that way. So, and if y'all trying to figure out how to spell Mago Day Barber, um, I know I had troubles with it. It's I M A G O. There you go. Capital D E I. Mago Day Barber Lounge, Green Bay, Wisconsin. So yeah, make sure y'all go yeah. tap in with Uncle there, man. That's the image of God in in Latin for those who don't know. I was looking at it. I was like, I know God is in here. <laughs> Yeah. What am I missing? Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at the crowd my, like, what yeah. am I missing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> you just finna get good. So, Thank my, you. My, <laughs> my goal, yeah, that's image. That's yeah. our real word, image, mm, yep. right? And deity. Day. Yep. Deity, God, right? Yep. Day. Deity. Yep. Image of God, yeah. So, yeah, Go my tap goal in with the Mago Day Barbershop, Green Bay, Wisconsin, for sure. Yeah, check us out. We just opened up a, ne- a second location in Bay Park Square Mall. Mm. Stop in to see us, uh, right across from Lens Crafters. And uh, also right around the corner from one of the dopest urban clothing stores, uh, actually the dopest urban clothing store that we have in Green Bay, the playground, my man Santana. Check it out, man, y'all. Check it out. How can they find you, Bobby? Bobby Drake did it. D-I-D-I-T. So B-O-B-B-Y-D-R-A-K-E-D-I-D-I-T. Bobby Drake did it. Dot com. Or Bobby Drake did it on all social. So yeah, Twitter, go tap on Bobby, IG, yeah. LinkedIn, our boy Bobby for sure. Any last words today, fellas? Anything that you would like to to say to the viewers, listeners? Um, yeah, I would like uh, all the listeners to know that my wife hit her milestone birthday mm. on the third. Much like Albert, he didn't. I don't know if it was a milestone birthday, but. On the third, and I wanted to say publicly that I love her mm. and that she is amazing. And much like the brother spoke, she holds us together. Mm. And I don't always tell her mm. how much I appreciate her. Mm-hmm. I show her, but I don't always tell her. Mm-hmm. And I could do a better job at that. And mm. um, this brother and what he said about his wife definitely reminded me of that. So mm. thank you, baby, um, mm. for all that you do for our family. Mm. And and I appreciate your sacrifice as well. Mm. We're going to change this podcast to the Family Man Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Last words. I just want to, um, one again, give glory to God, who, who actually is only because of him that I'm here. But also, uh, 
I'm so blessed and thankful for all those who sacrificed to make sure I could be here. You know what I mean? Um, I lost my sister to cancer. Wow. Constant battles and battles along the way. And um, a lot of sacrifices put behind a lot of people. Um, sometimes people see success in a person and they don't know the sacrifices of those that did it. And then shouts out to one of my number one clients, um, Mike Daniels. He's going to the Super Bowl. We going to the Super Bowl, should I say. Shouts out. I'm excited about that. Um, they played him in, in Green Bay. They sent him about his way. So um, I'm just saying, man, 12 didn't go today. And I love the pack. I love the pack. Don't get me wrong. Um, 12 then 12 ain't going and Mike Daniels is. So he, he, it's a, it's again, that's a whole God story too. And then, you know, God is gracing him with this. I mean, one of the crown jewels of, of any player's career, right? He's seen the Pro Bowl right now. Now he's, he can say he's seen the Super Bowl. Win or lose, he's been there. And, um, so I, I'm excited though. I believe it's his time and he's going to win. I could be wrong, but. At the end of the day, I know he's about to go out there and play his heart out. So it's his time. Shouts out to Mike Daniels, the whole Daniels family, because it's because uh, uh, they are a huge part of my success, too, pouring into me as I've poured into them. Yeah, so shouts out to my mom, 80 years old, finna be 81 in May, holding me down. I done drove her crazy, and um, I'm so still blessed. She's had two battles of cancer with cancer, and she's still here in constant pain, but she still tries to serve me and love me. So, yeah, and then my family, my sister, my guy, my, my brother, my brother-in-law, Phil, a lot of people. So, shouts out to everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to Thanks reflect. Thanks for having before. me, man. Yeah, yeah for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank you. Shouts yeah. out to you, man. Yeah, I for appreciate sure. You I appreciate that, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to reflect a little bit about what you said is, it's always going to work out in the end. You know, it's, it's a, it's a harder road when you, when you out here living right, you know, but it is worth it at the end. So I think that's important to say, but as we continue into black history month, it's important that we honor and highlight the black trailblazers who paved the way for this conversation, for this space and this opportunity to be free of restriction and limitation as a community and as a country. We are black entrepreneurs of Wisconsin and our voices and experiences matter. We are essential to the economic growth and development of this state. And it's an honor to share such a space with such prominent entrepreneurs and learn more holistically about you. It is important that we continue to be in role models for the youth and community members. A lot of times we look for outside support when we have everything we need right here. Sharing our stories inspires many, providing physical proof that it is possible. No matter who you are or where you are, I like to always say at the end, don't stop keep going again this is real this is authentic this is in our words podcast we out